Romans chapter 6, verse 13. Woo! I got two hours. I got half an hour to preach a two-hour message. I'm going to take my time this time for sure. AC or no AC. Romans chapter 6, verse 13. We read this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And it says, do not let any part of your bodies become tools of wickedness to be used for what? Sinning. But give yourselves completely to God. Every part of you, for you are back from the dead. Look at the person next to you, tell them I'm back from the dead. I'm back from the dead. And you want to be tools in the hands of God to be used for his good purposes. There's another translation that puts it this way. It says, do not, is this it? The New Living Translation. It says, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead. But now you have a new life. So use what? Your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for what? The glory of God. Can I read one more scripture to you? Yeah. One more scripture. It's found in Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to go on a little journey today. I'm going to be discussing two scriptures. Um, Romans chapter 6 is, is what the Apostle Paul is writing. And Matthew chapter 16 is Jesus' words in this interaction with his disciples. What we have here is that Jesus, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you want to be my followers, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. Verse 25. If you, try to, if you try to hang on to your own life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? Is there anything worth more than your soul? I'm going to read that first verse one more time. It says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you want to be my followers, you must give your own, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your own life, you will lose it. If you try to hang on to your own life, you will lose it. But if you, but if you give up your life for my sake, you will, you will save it. Amen? I'm going to give, give Give God some praise for the reading of his word. I believe this is a, a Hollaback church. I'm getting a little feedback. This is a Hollaback church, so feel free to give me an amen up in here. Amen. amen. Go ahead, preacher. Take your time. Take your time. Take your time. Let's bow our heads and pray. God, I just pray for your word that is being shared today, oh God. Thank you that your word, oh God, will never come back void. Thank you that the, the words that are being spoken, oh God, I pray, that are not simply words that I am trying to articulate and communicate. But these are words that you have placed in my spirit to share with your children. It's far more than information that's being spread across here, oh God, but this is transformation. It's a word that's going to transform our lives. A word that will change our hearts and that we may be able to apply it to our week. 
to our life. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's people shout all over this room. Amen. Amen. Why don't you give God a praise one more time in this this house. I want to talk to you on this subject. Are you ready to get started? Look at the person next to you. Tell them, are you ready ready? to get started? started. Tell them like you mean it. Tell them, are you ready ready? to get started? started. Uh, How many parents do we got in the house? Oh, man. That's awesome, huh? I thank God because uh, I've been a parent now for a decade. And, uh, you know, I have the amazing privilege of uh, having a son when I was 23 years old. I was still wet behind the ears. I still might be wet behind the ears. I don't even know. I'm 33 years old. You might think I'm the youth pastor, but I'm really the senior pastor of the house. Amen. Thank God for uh, looking young. And uh, 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 I was 23 years old and I had my, my son at, on, on August 24th, 2005. Do you remember back 2005? Like 2005, I had my firstborn son. I don't know. Do we got some pictures there for him? Look at that cutie. You know, and, and when he was born, my son, uh, the, every, they, they look at him and they say, oh my God, your son is so handsome. He's gorgeous. He's incredibly good looking. And it's no wonder that every time they saw my son, they said, you look like your father. <laughs> You'll get that on the way home. And, uh, and I have my son and I remember, check this out. I remember my son. I remember, uh, you know, you stay in the hospital, hospital for a couple of days and you bring him home. And then now you're doing life with this, this seven pound ball of, whiteness right and sometimes redness right like right he's like full of freckles and stuff and and i remember bringing him home and i'm just like this is mine like i love him like he's amazing this is my child my son he came out of me and i tried to explain that to him uh the other day but anyway so i i tell him like you're my son you're from me i love you what do you mean i can't kiss you in the lips i'm your father like are you crazy and so this is my son and i remember this little baby bringing him home he's wrapped up in this towel right and so we bring him home and and i remember seeing him then i'm saying i'm not gonna let nothing happen to you i'm gonna protect you i'm gonna be your savior i'm gonna be your dad i'm gonna be a hero i'm gonna be hercules in your life you're gonna look up to me and uh and then it happened then it happened my son got sick any parents in the house my son got sick right like and when he got sick um it, 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 uh, my son was crying all night, and you see him, he's a peaceful child, 10 years old now, uh, amazing kid, and, 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 and uh, my, my, my son got sick, and, and I just remember he was crying, he had a fever, um, um, he had the boogers, you know the boogers that get all dried up, and you don't want to peel them, because then you're going to cut him when you peel them, you know the boogers, you know those boogers, right, the ones that hurt when you peel off, those boogers, he had those, and I just, I didn't know what to do, and then the moment that drove me crazy actually happened, you know what that moment was? He did it. He threw up. <laughs> I promise you, my son threw up. And it wasn't like, you know, the one that falls on the bib. No. This was throw up. This was, this was not vomit. This was vomitation. This was like projectile vomit, right? Like this was like vomit that just went all over the place. And I remember my son's little bitty eyes having these little pools of vomit in him and I just felt so helpless and I wish I can tell you that Pastor Rowe was brave I wish I could tell you that church I wish I could tell you that Pastor Rowe said it's alright we got it under control I'm 23 years old I'm 23 years old I'm saying hey we got it alright where's the Bible we're going to go scripture right now amen no Pastor Rowe panicked 
Pastor Roe, you know what happened to Pastor Roe? I wish I could tell you I did good things, but Pastor Roe lost his God-given mind. I did not know what to do. I said, oh, I kid you not, I'm not pretending. This is a true story. I was like, oh my God, God is dying, God is dying. Like I was like, I thought I was Abraham and he was Isaac, right? And I was like, God, please save me. I called up my job and I was like, help somebody, call the cops. This vomit is trying to kill my son. Help, I can't go to work. What do you mean you can't go to work? Because my son is dying. What's wrong with him? He just vomited. Hey, that happens with babies. No, he's dying. I don't know what to do. I, said, I was going through the baby bag. I'm like, what? they're like, what are you looking for? I'm, look, I'm looking for the instructions. <laughs> and I couldn't find instructions with my child, and I didn't know what to do because, you know, I could read manuals and figure it out, right? But I didn't come, children did not come with a manual. And you have to figure it out. Right? And so what happened is no one told me that I was going to lose my mind when I became a parent. No one told me the level of commitment that was needed when I was going to become a parent. No one. I mean, and so much so you think this stuff is going to end, but it's not going to end. You think it only stops when... It becomes a, when he's a baby or she's a baby, but then you do it again, and then you got this precious thing uh, uh, three, four years later. Do we have my daughter up there? And they go sailing. And then I do it all over again. And then I'm, I, I, I took it to the swing the other day. This is, she loves the swing. Ever since she's a baby girl, she loves the swing. So when I pick her up from school, she's like, first thing, Daddy, I want to be on the swing. The problem is that my son wants to play basketball. So I can't be both places at once. So I'm, I'm like, I, please, mind you, my daughter has no care in the world of being lost. She's just like, I'm going to be over here, Daddy. And she and she's like, can you just put me on the swing? So I put her on the swing. And guess who's trying to play basketball but losing his mind at the same time? Playing basketball with my son and checking up on my daughter. And she's just like, Woo! I'm like, you have no care in the world. You don't even know what I'm feeling inside right now. Like, anybody, like, there's a guy that he just came out of a truck, so I'm, like, sizing him up. He try to move right like He has no clue that I'm sizing him up. Like, yeah, I don't care about my past. I will. Mm-hmm. You better walk the other way. That's right. You better walk the other way. Right? Like, like, I lose your mind. Like, I, I don't know about you, but is it only me that if someone even mentions your child's name, you get confrontational? Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> what? 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 Okay. Okay. It, it, listen, if you, if you never thought about beating up one of your kids' friends, you're not a parent yet. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> like, like, you're not, right? like, is it only me? Is it only me? Like, oh, daddy, this boy hit me in school. Oh, where? I'm going to meet him outside. Where he at? Show him. Yeah, what's up? Get on that swing. Go ahead. I'm going to trip you, little boy. Like, I didn't know that I was going to lose my mind, like even to the other day, like 3.30 in the morning. We have a 17-year-old in the home, and it's prom time. And guess who gets the phone call? That woman right there. But guess who has a license? This guy right here. Honey, honey, honey. You know you pretend like you're sleeping? God, just let her go. It's all a dream. It's all a dream. Honey, honey. Marlon needs us to pick him up. Who's Marlon? I mean, okay, all right. We'll go pick him up. It doesn't stop. 
And, and Marlon texts like at 3.23. She read the text at like 3.24. Because she knew her son, she had a son outside the home. It doesn't stop. No one ever told us that this type of commitment will be all-encompassing. Can I get more mic? No one ever told me that this, no one ever told me that you were going to lose your mind when you became a parent. No one ever told me that you were, you were, you were going to look at your sleep and say, Psst. Yes. Goodbye, sleep. It was nice knowing you sleep. <laughs> Goodbye. No one ever told me that your me time, and let's be clear, your toilet time will never be the same again. I'm just saying. Like, I locked the door. Daddy. Daddy. Sorry for the visual. I'm just saying that. Like, no one ever told me that I would never be able to have my me time. No one ever told me that. I could kiss my money goodbye. It's not for me no more. It's for them. Oh, my time. Oh, that's not for me. I see you. No, no one ever told me that. No one ever told me that, that it would be the most the most complicated job I would ever have. It would, it would be 24 hours, and guess who, would not, who was not getting paid for it? Right. This guy. No one ever told me that. But you know what I have found? I have found that, that being a parent, no matter what you lose, it, it doesn't compare to what you gain out of being a parent. And I, think, I, 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 I look at being a parent, and a parent is all, in, is all encompassing. A parent is... is Everything, all your money is for them, your, your being is for them, your plans are for them. And the day you become a true parent, life as you know it ceases to exist and you have made a commitment to give yourself away. How? Completely, totally, entirely, wholly, fully, unreservedly to them. It's everything. Someone shout everything. I love that because when I think about the words of all-encompassing, when I think about the words of holy, totally, completely, I also think about the commitment that God has made for us. He says, I am fully for you. I'm fully devoted to you. I am com completely involved in your life. And I don't know about you, but I thank God and I get excited that even when we're not committed, God is always committed. Can you give, can you give God some praise in the house? Come on. Like I thank God that God is fully devoted God in our life. But you know what I also found? That when we look at the scriptures, we also find the same type of language that the Apostle Paul uses to explain how a follower of Jesus ought to reciprocate. See, here's the truth. God is always going to be faithful in your life. God is always going to be fully committed in your life. But, 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 but wouldn't it be amazing if God's people began to reciprocate that level of commitment? See, see, when we look at Romans chapter 6, look at the type, Romans chapter 6, look at the type of language that Paul uses. It says, do not let any part of your bodies become tools of wickedness to be used for sinning. But give yourselves completely to God, every part of you, for you are back from the dead. That sounds like a good movie, right? Back from the dead. Uh, you are back from the dead, but now you have new life. So use what? Your whole body as an instrument to do what is right. You want to be tools in the hands of God to be used for his good purposes. 
The Apostle Paul begins to explain to his, his, his people, to the Roman church, he says, hey, listen, this type of devotion that we are, are talking about, this is not a half-stepping type of uh, relationship. He begins to communicate to uh, the people of Rome. He says, he says this, is an, this is a complete type of devotion. This is an every part of you type of devotion. This is a new life type of devotion. This is a whole body type of devotion. Look at the language that he begins to use. He says, hey, guess what, guys? God wants everything. Hey, guys, God wants everything. Everything? Like everything, Pastor Ro? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he says, he says, uh, uh, don't use any part. In other words, you have no room to take some parts in your life for sinning. What do you mean sinning? Sometimes we think sinning is, is simply uh, disobedience, and we think sinning is, is, is doing wrong, but sinning is far more than that. You see, sinning in the original language actually means missing the mark. You know, it's not so much about your daily decisions, but sometimes it's the greatest decision in your life. And sometimes the greatest decision in your life, you're missing the mark. See, missing the mark is to say that I am redesigning the direction of my life. There's a mark that God has set for me, and I am completely missing out on it. Missing the mark means that, that I am going to choose my way over God's way. And you know what Paul says? He says, hey, don't use any part in your life to miss out what God has for you. Don't miss out any part in your life. There's no room for you to use any part of your bodies to become tools of wickedness to be used for sinning. But what? Give yourselves completely. Someone shout completely. Give yourselves completely. Every part of you, for you are back from the dead. You have a new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right. Use your whole body to do what? To be used for his good purposes. You know what the truth is? The truth is that we kind of don't, kind of like negotiating with God, don't we? I got everything. I could imagine someone was gossiping on God. You believe God asked me for everything? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't die for me and all that, but he wants everything. Like, what do you mean everything? Yeah, everything. You know, I looked up everything in the Greek. Do you know what that meant? Everything. Yeah, I can't get away from this everything thing. Yeah, like everything. Like, God, you know, hey, God, can, can we work together? We work this out, God. God bless you. Oh, magnify the Lord. How are you? Yeah. Oh, oh, you want everything. I, can I give you some things? Some things sound good. Doesn't some things sound good? How about this? God, can I give you 50% of everything? Doesn't that sound good and like spiritual? Do you know I give 50% of all my time to God? It puts the rest of me in the name of the Lord. And God says, hey. I don't want 10%, I don't want 20%, I want, yeah, I want everything. But everything is not sexy, is it? Everything is not cute. Everything is all-encompassing. Everything is like, everything? Yeah, everything. Every single aspect of your life, God wants to be involved in. How dare you, God, you want to interrupt into my plans. Do you know I have plans, God? Do you know I have designs? Do you know I have, I have an idea here, God, and God is saying, no, I want everything. 
You know, there's two kinds of people in this world. There's two kinds of people that are living life on planet Earth. The first kind, can we put that up? Lives that are designed by our plans. And lives that are directed by God's purposes. Amen. See, there's two kinds of people. There's, there are people who are designing their plans and they live their lives based upon the design of their plans. But there's another kind of people that have said, you know, regardless of the design of our plans and regardless of the ideas that I can come up for myself, like I'm going to make sure that my life is directed by God's purposes. See, because many times we have plans and we have designs and we get a little frustrated when God begins to interrupt our plans. Proverbs says, the scripture, it says, Proverbs 19, it says, you can make many plans, but the Lord's purposes will prevail. The message translation puts it this way. We humans keep brainstorming options and plans, but God's purposes or God's purpose prevails. I love that because it talks about God's persistence, God's persistence to bring you back to his purposes. See, there's no problem with you making designs and plans for your life. Just don't get frustrated when God starts interrupting your regularly scheduled program. Yeah. Amen. Don't get frustrated when you're pulling a direction and you feel like you're losing your mind and you feel like, oh, why is it not working out for me? Maybe it's God prevailing with his purposes. Woo! Maybe it's God coming into your regularly scheduled program and saying, excuse me. My purposes shall prevail in your life. I know you got a nice design. I know it looks cute. I know it's amazing. But I love that it's God's purposes that prevail. I don't know about you, but I thank God that his purposes have prevailed over my life. Amen? Amen. God's purposes will prevail. Now, the difference is we like, can we be honest, church? How many of us like, if we were really honest with ourselves, how many of us like being in control? Amen. Let's be honest. We like being in control. We like knowing the ins and outs of what it is that we're getting started on, is it, don't we? Um, have you ever tried to get started on something and you needed to know every single detail and nuance of what was going on before you said yes? Yeah. See, we like, to, we like to be able to manage and, and make sure that we have things under control and we don't really like the unknown and the unexpected. And, and we want to make sure that before we say yes to something, we know that it's not going to interfere or inconvenience us. Oh, I'm preaching good today. I don't know about you. I'm preaching better than you. Amen. We, we don't want it to interfere with our schedules. I'm not being honest. I'm, I'm like that. Trust me. I'm not preaching at you. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Like we just, like God, that's fine, God. But you know, as long as it doesn't interfere or conflict with what I got planned. And so we like to inject God in our schedule at our convenience. Woo! I'm stepping on somebody's toes right now. I don't know. I'm gonna say that again. We like to inject God in our schedule at our convenience. But God says. 
Do you know who I am? Do you know my beauty? Do you know my glory? Do you know my majesty? Do you know that I'm not second to anything? If I'm not first, I'm last. Therefore, you might as well put me first in the first place. Look what Jesus says. He, he has this interaction with Peter. And Peter, you know, Peter's awesome. He's an amazing apostle. He, he was the one that started the church in Jerusalem. And, and Peter, though, when he first got started, you know, we, we are into this, this scripture in Matthew chapter 16. And Jesus tells Peter, he said, uh, it says the disciples, but the one that sparked up this conversation was Peter. Because this is the moment where uh, Peter, Jesus asks his disciples, who do men say I am? And then Peter says, you are the, the, you are the Messiah. And he says, well, flesh and bone have not revealed this to you, but my Father has revealed this to you. And then uh, Peter, uh, he, goes, he goes to tell Peter he's going to go be crucified. And Peter's like, I'm not going to let you get crucified. You're crazy. And then, you know, Jesus rebukes literally the hell out of Peter. I'm just saying. He does. He says, Satan, get, get thee behind me. It's not you who's speaking. You know, talk about identity crisis, right? God has revealed this to you. You devil. <laughs> right? And then this conversation sparks up in Matthew chapter 16. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your way. Take up your cross and follow me. He says, you must give up your way. Take up your cross and follow me. He says, if you want to follow me, you have to give up your way of thinking, your way of life, and your desires and wants and ambitions. He says, if you want to follow me, you got to take up your cross. What do you mean, take up your cross? Well, take up your cross for a disciples. Disciples didn't pick up crosses. You understand that? The, but the cross was a picture of Jesus' purpose. And so what he's saying is, is, pick up your purpose and follow me. Because here's the truth. The only way you can... Pick up your purpose is that if you follow me. And many times we're trying to find out our purpose apart from following the one who has given us the purpose. Let's be honest. Look what happens. It says, but if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you do to benefit? What do you do? What do you benefit if you gain the whole world? but lose your soul. Is there anything worth more than your soul? You know what I wish? I wish Jesus would have told Peter that in the beginning of the journey. Jesus tells Peter this in the middle of the journey. Have you ever signed up to something and didn't realize what you got into? Like, I should have read the fine print on this thing. Like, I... In the beginning, when Jesus meets Peter, you know what he says? He says, hey, Peter! Yeah! Come follow me. Matthew chapter 4. Jesus called out to them. He says, come, follow me. I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets, and at once they followed him. God bless you. See you later. Hey, Peter, come follow me. Peter's like, all right, I'm down. Let's go. And I'm like, Peter, I think you should ask a couple more questions. Hold on a second. Right? Like if I were Peter, I would have asked a whole lot of questions. But Jesus doesn't tell him anything about a cross, anything about giving up his way, anything about, he just says, hey, come follow me. 
in the middle of the journey, he tells them, hey, you got to pick up your cross. You got to give up your weight. And you got to still follow me. I'm, I'm already like ways deep in this thing. Like what? Like why are you telling me now what you should have told me from the beginning? Like I should have read the fine print on this one. And, and that's, that's, that's how we are. We, we want to know all the details about what we are getting into before we get started. It's only human nature, right? We're like, God, God, you want me to go to Africa? Okay, please explain every single detail and I'll think about it. God, you want me to volunteer and serve and come at 2.30? Uh, I'll get back to you on that. I'll, please give me the details. Please write a formal letter and I'll think about it. We want all the details. We want to read the fine print. But, you know, if I was Peter, I could imagine Peter like, wait, follow you? I'm fishing right now. Like, could, could I follow you a little later? Like, can you explain to me all the details of what I'm going to get into before I say yes? That would be a wise man. But you know what? When it comes to the call of God in your life, there is nothing that can prepare you for it outside of following him in the first place. See, Jesus, Jesus is saying, are you ready to get started? You know what the real answer is? No, but I will. Yes. That, is, that, is, that is the answer of a, a believer. The answer of a believer is yes. But what we're really saying is, if I was really honest with myself, I'd say no, but I will. Because I know in following you, I find purpose. In following you, I find my plan. In following you, I find the reason that you have placed me here on earth. I, I, I know, like, could you, could you imagine, Peter? Yeah, Peter, uh, let me give you every detail, Peter. I'm, I'm going to explain to you exactly what I mean when I say, follow me. Well, he, you want the details? Somebody say, give me the details. Oh, Peter, you want the details, Peter. I will give you the details. There's going to be times that you're going to be hungry. You're going to be so hungry. And you're not going to have any food to eat. There's going to be times that we're going to travel. And guess what's going to happen? We're not going to even have a place to stay. There's going to be times that we're going to preach the gospel, Peter. And guess what's going to happen? We're going to get stoned. And just, here, just in case you're unclear of that, I don't mean smoking weed. I mean physical rocks being thrown at you, Peter. Okay? Just in case, you're going to get rebuked. By who? By me. And I'm going to rebuke you so hard, Peter, that you, I'm going to call you Satan to your face. Why? Why would you call me Satan? Yes, I'm going to rebuke you that hard, and I'm going to call you Satan to your face. Speaking of Satan, there's going to be times that they're going to be evil spirits that you're going to try to cast out, and guess what's going to happen, Peter? It's not going to work. You know what's going to happen, Peter? There's going to be times that you're going to be in the middle of the storm, and while you're losing your God-given mind, I'm going to be sleeping, children. Speaking of storms, there's going to be times that I'm going to send you in the middle of the storm. And while you're in the middle of the storm, I'm going to come to you walking on the water. And you're going to be so daring that you're going to say, hey, can I come? I'm going to say, come. And while you come to me, you're going to start sinking. And I'm going to say, you should have had a little bit more faith. There's going to be times, Peter, that the devil is going to want to attack your life. And he's going to ask permission to sift you like me. The devil's going to want to attack you so bad that I personally have to pray for you. And guess what's going to happen, Peter? Then... That's right, I'm going to rebuke you again. You know what's going to happen, Peter? I'm going to rebuke you because you cut a guard's ear off. There's going to be times that you're going to swear up and down, Peter, that you are not going to let me die. 
There's going to be times that you're going to tell me you're never going to forsake me, Peter. But you know what you're going to do, Peter? You're going to deny me. Not once, not twice, but three times. Oh, you want some more? More details. There's going to be more times that you are going to run for your life while I'm being crucified on the cross, Peter. And you're going to be so terrified because you don't want what happens to me to happen to you. And you're going to run for your dear life and then lock yourself up in a room because you're so scared and petrified and ashamed. And Peter, I'm going to die for you. And when I die for you, I'm going to resurrect. And then I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost, Peter. And then you know what you're going to do? You're going to preach. And yes, sure, people are going to get saved. But you're also going to be thrown in jail. Me and Jim, why would I be going to jail? Because you obeyed me. Oh, you want more details? Then, after you get thrown in jail, then you're going to get rebuked again. How excited is that? Not by me, by the Apostle Paul. He's going to call you a hypocrite to your face because you had an identity crisis and you were sitting with the Jews and the Gentiles and you didn't know which one to do. And he's going to call you a hypocrite to your face. And then you, the whole world is going to read about, read about it. And the climactic conclusion is this. You're going to be crucified on a way. Crucified upside down. Why? Because you chose to follow me. Are you ready to get started? <laughs> yeah, you want the details? Hear the details, Peter. Are you ready to get started? Are you ready to get started? Are you ready to get started on this journey? Get started on this journey that is, you don't know every detail, but that's why it's called the journey of faith. You know, many of us began this journey at Christ Uncensored, not even knowing what we were getting ourselves into. I invited May and John to a Bible study. They had no clue I was starting a church. They weren't volunteers. You get to be volunteers. They're voluntold. I'm not talking to anyone today. You want to know the details? Maybe you don't want to know the details. Because I'm sure that if Jesus would have told Peter all the details, he would have said, uh, I, th I think I'm going to stick to fishing. Yeah, I'm going to jail. I'm not meant for jail. I am a fisherman. Could you imagine Peter getting all the details? Are you ready to get started, Peter? Nah. But he tells him in the middle of the journey, because in the middle of the journey, he had already spent enough time with Jesus to know that if Jesus saw him through to the middle, you would also see him through till the end. cross and follow me. How many of us are picking up our crosses? I'm not talking about a cross of slavery and a cross of crucifixion. I'm talking about a cross of purpose. Yes. Amen. If you read the whole chapter of Matthew chapter 16, the entire chapter is about purpose. Follow me. Pick up your cross. Pick up your cross of purpose. What does that mean? Yeah. You have to crucify yourself and follow me. Not yourself. But that thing that is stopping you from following me. Yes. Your desires, your wants, your ambitions. I had this thought the other day. 
I'm almost done for the first time. Take your time. Amen. Woo! Listen, I'm sweating more than y'all. It's all right. This is my workout. I go to the gym, but like, yo, I preach. I don't need to cardio. I preach. I promise you, my gym instructor told me the other day, he was trying to encourage me to do cardio. He was like, yo, you know, because you got to be moving around on that pulpit. Aren't you a pastor? And I'm like, yeah, I get my workout up. I get my workout up for him. Now, Peter got all the details. I mean, maybe he would have, maybe he would have never got started on that journey. And maybe that's why this is a journey of faith. Maybe that's why this is a journey of faith. That you don't know all the details. But it's not about what you're getting into. It's about who you're getting into. And that's Jesus. In John chapter 8. I believe it's John chapter 8. John chapter 12. Are you ready to get started? Yeah. <laughs> I started on this. Yesterday I performed my first wedding of the year and I got three more to get. Three more to go. And uh, it's awesome because marriage is an awesome journey as well. But people come up to me and they're so excited. They're like, oh, Pastor Rod, just, we, just, uh, we want to get married. And I love her. And she gets me, oh, he gets me flowers and he buys me dinner. And oh, my God, you know, Pastor Rod, I guess, you know, he, he just, you know, I think we were meant to be, Pastor Rod. Like, he completes me and I complete him. And I love him as much as he loves me. And oh, my God, Pastor Rod, it's just so amazing. I'm I'm like, y'all, you want to get married? <laughs> I'll be right with you. Are you sure? Are you sure? Because, like, like, you might lose. Especially for men, you might lose your, your right to be right. <laughs> you sure you want to get married because I mean we're talking about marriage you might think you're going insane because you never thought that you can hate someone and love someone so much at the same time and then hate yourself for being able to do that Hallelujah. <laughs> like I, I hate her but I love her but I hate myself because I hate her and love her at the same time I hate her <laughs> like what is this Right, like you, you, you want to get married. The married pushes your boundaries and you things you said you will never do and say you will say and they're done. Yeah. Marriage. <laughs> Ma you want to get married? Are you ready to get started? <laughs> hey, I'm like, <laughs> yesterday I was like, I promise you, I'm in there. Don't judge me, all right? <laughs> if I perform your ceremony, I won't be doing this. <laughs> and I'm like do you promise to cherish her and love her through sickness and in health forsaking all others and committing to one wife till death be part they're like I do I'm like you lie <laughs> and that's what I do thank God there's no right because we don't really know what we're saying yes to but it could be one of the most rewarding 
and amazing experiences that we commit to, even though we don't know the slightest clue of the fullness of what it entails that we're saying yes to. You know what, when it comes to following Jesus, you're never going to be ready enough to follow Jesus. But that's the beauty of it. That you're not following simply a journey. Or you're not following steps. But you're following a person. I love that I can follow someone that is not simply telling me what to do, but is showing me what to do. He says, this is how you can live your... Yes is everything. Yes is all-encompassing. Yes, you might feel like you're going insane. But I promise you, it will be, it will be worth it. No one will ever say yes to becoming a parent if they gave them a job description. Yeah, you're going to lose your sleep. Sleep? Yeah, you're not going to get money for this. No money? That's cruel. No, it's called being a parent. No one would ever do it. But people do it all the time. Whether they're ready or not. Why? Because you experience life on a whole other level that you've never experienced before. You never thought you can love another human being like that in your life. I remember when I had Bishop I and 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 and, and uh, the mother of my kids was pregnant with Sayla. I kept saying to myself, how in the world can I love another human being like I love Bishop? I was like, poor, poor Sayla. <laughs> because there's no way that I'm gonna be able to love her like I love Bishop. I don't know, like the way I love Bishop, like this, poor Sailor. Hey, how you doing, Sailor? Good. How you doing? And the moment she was born, it was like God expanded my heart and introduced me to another level in my heart that I had not tapped into. And the moment she came out of that womb, instant love increased in my heart. And I realized at that moment that I could love even at a greater level than I was loving before. Yeah, so good. That is the type of journey that God introduces us to it. In John 12, he says, listen carefully, unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world, it is never any more than a grain of wheat. But if it is buried, it is sprout and reproduces itself many times over. In the same way, anyone who holds on to life, just as it is, destroys it. You're holding on to something that God is trying to strip from you in the first place. We're holding on to a life that's less than what God intended for us in the first place. Yes. Amen. God has called us to give our life away to God but for people. He calls our, 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 our lives not to be, you know who's the last person that should be the priority? Yourself. Yeah. God says, Give yourself to God, but you're doing it for people. Can I be honest with you? You will never, I promise you, I don't say this in a condemning way, but I say, I say this in love as a, as a father and as a shepherd. You'll never be able to tap into the fullness of what God has for you apart from people that he's called you to serve. And I'm not talking about simply at church. Yes, it is in church. and it's a, Church is a good place to get started. But I'm talking about in your everyday life. Living outside yourself. He says, what good is it for a seed to remain a seed? No one feels bad for a seed when it dies. 
oh my God, we've got to give a funeral to the seed. No one feels bad for the seed when it dies. You know why? Because the moment it dies, life begins to spread out and fruits begin to grow. Why? Because of one seed that said, I'm willing to die so that fruits, so that, uh, fruits can be buried. That's the life of a believer, you know? How do you hold on to your life? Look at the comparison. How do you hold on to your life? Refuse to die. That's how you hold on to it. I refuse to be buried like a seed. God says it's not about you. The moment you give yourself away, you'll start seeing fruit rise in your life that you've never been able to see before. Yes. You start seeing fruit in your kid's life that you've never been able to produce on your own. And God is saying, are you willing to give yourself away? Look what the New, the new Living Translation puts it. Look, at, look how it puts it. It says, now my soul is deeply troubled. Oh. Watch this. Let's go back to the other verse. Let's go back. Who is this? Right now, I am storm tossed. And what am I going to say? Father, get me out of this. He says, This is how you hold on to your life. Refuse to carry your cross. Refuse to carry your, what you hold on to. Refuse to sacrifice your time, your treasure, and your talent. Refuse to sacrifice your wants and your desires. He says, that's how, that's how you hold on to your life. But look what Peter said. I mean, look what Jesus said. He says, if any of you want to serve me, then follow me. Then you'll be where I am. Can we hold off on the kids? Then you'll be where I am, ready to serve at moment's notice. The Father will honor and reward anyone who serves me. Now look what Peter says. Look what, look, look what Jesus says. Watch this. Please catch this. If, it, if you catch anything out of today's sermon, catch this. Look what Jesus says. I've never heard this sermon, this, this text preached. Look what Jesus says. He says, right now, I'm storm-tossed. He says, right now, I'm losing my mind. In other words, I'm storm-tossed. The storms are tossing me all over the place. He says, am I going to say, watch this, am I going to say, Father, get me out of this? No, this is why I came in the first place. Can we look at the other scripture? Same scripture, New Living Translation, look what it says. It says, now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? He says, but this is the very reason I came. Some of us are praying to God to save us from the very purpose that God intended for your life. Like, God, I'm in, I'm in the middle of this storm. My soul is troubled. God, could you deliver me from this? God says, no, that's the very reason I placed you on this earth. God, I'm losing my mind. I'm serving people and they're not thanking me. I'm giving and I don't feel like I'm getting. I, God, you know, no, this is the reason 
that I put you here in the first place. So I heard a preacher once say, he says, we pray to God, God use me. And then when God uses us, we say, God deliver me because I feel used. I feel used, God. I feel like this serving thing is just way too much for me. I feel like I'm being stretched to a capacity that I don't even think I possess. I feel like this is way everything, God. Yeah, everything. Everything. I'm asking you for everything. I'm asking you for your time. I'm asking you for what you're holding on to. You know what the Holy Spirit told me this? The Holy Spirit told me this. We're done for the second time. The Holy Spirit told me this. He said, you know, he talks to me in forms of questions sometimes. And I'm studying this text and I'm saying, God, how is it that you're asking me to give up something that I'm trying to gain? You're saying the goal is life, but you're asking me to give up life. Because he who desires to save his life will lose it. But if you lose it for my sake, you will gain it. And it's kind of confusing, but this is what the, I felt like the Holy Spirit was asking me. He says, Rolando, what if the reason that I gave you the ability to conjure up and create plans that are marvelous, expansive, amazing and you can create you have the ability to create amazing plans for yourself what if I gave you that ability simply so that you can surrender to me it to me you often ask the question why did God give Isaac to Abraham if at the end he was going to say sacrifice him to me like don't give me him but God gives you the ability to create amazing plans so that you can say it's amazing, God, right? But here it is. I designed my plans, but the Lord directs my purposes. I designed these plans, but it's God who's directing my purpose. And so I don't get frustrated every time that God decides, decides to interrupt my regularly scheduled program so that his purposes will prevail in my life. I will die to myself so that Christ can live in me. Amen. Can we give God some praise for that? You know, when we began this church, when we began this church, we wanted to make a difference in people's lives. We wanted to make a change in our city. We wanted to make a difference in our community. You know, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy at all. Could you imagine like when God, when I planned me becoming a pastor, you know what I said? I said, God, I can't wait to be a pastor. Because I, you know, I got at 18 years old. They told me how I was calling me to be a pastor, and I was excited at 18. And, Woo! I'm gonna be a pastor, and it's gonna be awesome. 
and they're going to put me, and, I, and I'm sure that they're going to ordain me, and they're going to send me out with a worship team, and they're going to send me out with a youth pastor, and they're going to send me out, and they're going to ordain me, and I'm going to be the pastor of a hundred people, and we're going to take those hundred people, and we're going to get them to a thousand people, and I said, here it is, God, I, I got this one. And you know what God said? Now you're going to start with two people in your house. Oh, okay. All right, God. I'll start with two people. You're going to send me some two people that are on fire for Jesus, right? No, they just got saved like a couple weeks ago. Hashtag me and John. Wait, you, you mean I got to start a church and I don't even got pastors to help me know? Just two people, they just got saved. That means I got to teach them the Bible. All right, God. All right, we're going to start in the house. Kim Walker's leading worship. These are your these are your purposes, God. This is what you want. Yeah, this, this is exactly what I plan. This is it. This is it. Right, that's it right there. Woo! Kim Walker can sing. Yes. Yeah. Can you send me a worship leader? Can you? Yeah. No. No. Maylene and Lisa got this covered. All right. You guys are doing a great job. Amen. kicked out of the house. You can no longer have church in here. You can no longer have church in this house. And God opens up this location. You know, like, we're even volunteers. I don't even, like, how are we going to do this? He goes, no, you're following my plans. You're following my purposes for your life. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Oh, Dean and Cassandra walk in and they're like, are we having church? Like, there's nobody here. <laughs> like, yeah. As we were in the house, long story, just clap your hands and make believe like you're worshiping. <laughs> getting involved and serving and and the church ministry started growing and people started saying I want I want to get started and people started saying where do I get started Pastor Rowe and you know what I love about this church community not everybody need, needed to know every single detail before they got started they're like I just believe I'm I know it's going to take up my time. I know it's going to take up. I know it's going to take up a lot of my. I know that it's not going to be a convenient thing for me. I know that I'm going to be seriously inconvenienced. I know that it's going to affect my regularly scheduled program. I know that I might not be able to watch Netflix all day. I know that I might not be able to go out to eat as much as I used to. I know I may not have me time like I used to. I know I might not be able to get my nails done like I used to. But when I hold it in comparison, I realize that, you know, woo, this is amazing. You know, the only thing you'll be able to bring to heaven, you know what it is? People. You won't be able to bring to heaven what you worked hard for you won't be able to bring to heaven the money that you've made the only thing that you'll be able to bring to heaven are the people that you witnessed and the people that you served 
and the people that you love. That's the only thing that you'll be able to do. Each of you have a form like this. Can we get our ushers? If you, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you in faith, in faith, if you don't have one of these forms, if you don't have one of these forms, I want you to grab one. Ushers. And I'm just going to read it to you. It says, in as much, in this month of July, Kuhau is getting started on a journey to Portable Church. And our prayer is that our church community will begin to lead the way through service. And it says, yes, I, Rolando Remendez, decide to get started on this new journey in launching Portable Church by serving my church and joining a volunteer team for the following Sundays. This is what you have. I need more mic. This is, this is what you have right here. And this is what you're saying. Does everybody have one? Can you ushers? If you don't have one, could you raise your hand here, please? If you need one of these forms, can you just raise your hand? Here's what we're asking you to commit to. Are you ready to get started? We're going to need as much help as we can. Not just to launch Portable Church, but to reach more people. And maybe you're here. And maybe you're here. And you're saying, I don't know if I have enough time. What if God was asking you to sacrifice some of that time? What if God was saying, hey, are you willing to give everything away? Everything, Pastor Rowe? Everything. And so on July 3rd, we need 40 volunteers. We currently, I want to I thank God, we currently have 28 volunteers. Can we praise God for that? But we're two weeks away. We currently have 28 volunteers, and the assessment is that we need about 40 volunteers to do what we're looking to do at Portable Church. And so I'm asking you to just get started. This is not a, you know, I'm committing my whole year to Kuhau. No, I'm just asking you just to get started. That's it. Get started how? You have three options. You say, Pastor Ron, I want to get involved. I want to be able to say that I helped our church launch. And so we need July 3rd and July 10th, we need 40 volunteers. You have two weeks that you're committing to. You say, Pastor Ron, you can count me in. I'm good for July 3rd. You can count me in July 3rd and July 10th. I will be at Kuhau. I will be at the new location at 2 o'clock. I'm going to help. I'm going to serve. 
Maybe you're saying, you know what, I can do a little bit more than that. I can do the whole month of July. Say, Pastor Roe, you count me in for the month of July. I can't, I can't, I can't tell you about August because I'm not sure about August. But I know, Pastor Roe, you can count me in for the month of July. And you're saying, I can do the five Sundays in July. Maybe you're saying, you know what, I can do the whole summer. I'm in for two months, Pastor Roe, and then I'm good. I'm only saying, are you ready to get started? My prayer is that everyone in this room who calls Kuhau their home says, Pastor Roe, I'm going to get started on some level. Maybe it's not two months. Maybe it's not five weeks. But I'm willing to get started, Pastor Roe. I'm willing to do the first two weeks of Portable Church. Is that too much to ask? I don't think so, right? That's not too much to ask. That's Pastor Roe, I'm willing to be there July 3rd and July 10th for our launches. I'm willing to volunteer. You can count me in. I don't know about the rest of the week, but I know that I could be there for those two days. You can count me in. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you to fill that out. And when we collect the offering, I want you to just fold it up and bring it to the offering. That's it. You're saying, here, God, here's my everything. Here's what I can give to you. But don't be surprised if God begins to touch your heart. And your two weeks will turn into five weeks. And your five weeks will turn into two months. Next thing you know, this is just who you are. Amen? Can we get up on our feet today? young man here named Frank and I've known Frank for a couple of years now and uh, he didn't know I was going to do this I, I didn't know I was going to do this but Frank was he said to me he said we met up and he said Ro I, I felt like I got everything I wanted I, I got most of the things that I needed in life but I still upon getting those things I still felt like something was missing and less than a year ago I mean we're talking about months months Frank gave his life to Jesus on a Sunday that he came to Kuha are you ready to get started? he got started by giving his life to Jesus but his story doesn't end there. He says, hey, I want to get baptized. Woo! He says, hey, Pastor Roe, can you teach me the Bible? <laughs> I said, oh, you sounded like a pastor to me. Are you ready to get started? Yeah, I'm ready to get baptized. And Frank begins on the journey to baptism. Are you ready to get started? Yeah. His journey didn't end there. He says, I want to become part of the volunteers. I want to serve on a team. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't come to church to volunteer. He didn't come to church 
to give his life to Jesus. He came to church because there was something missing. But he realized when he came through these courts, he realized the thing that he was missing was Jesus. But that is not the end of the journey. Jesus didn't simply save us from something. He saved us for something. And I know I'm way beyond time, but I'm trying to get the message of cross. Are you ready to get started on this journey that is not so safe, not so secure? All the questions are not answered. But God is with us throughout every single process. Are you ready to get started? And now he serves in our love team. Now he worships. Now he's bringing people to church. Now he's finally holding people to come and serve. How many months, friend? Six months. Look what the Lord can do in six months. The story will not end there. There is so much more that is awaiting Frank on this journey. Are you ready to get started? I need you to get started today. I need you to fill out that form and say, Pastor Rowe, you can count me in. I'm in for two weeks. I'm in for five weeks. Whatever it is. But don't miss out on the opportunity to get started today. Amen? Let's give God some praise all over this room.